Welcome to Inside Scoop with Sean Emery, where we will continuously bring you closer to companies, sectors, and themes. This recording should not be construed in any manner whatsoever as a substitute for personalized individual advice from Avery and Company. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies mentioned. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. So today I sat down with Frank Florio from Cossack, Tropin, and Throckmorton. They were one of the first firms to file a national class action on behalf of businesses. They're a nationally recognized firm with concentration in complex litigation, class actions, bankruptcy, and sectors like healthcare. And really since COVID-19 has started, they've been on the front lines of business interruption insurance policy and claims. And they're not here to give advice, but to help shape and frame our view of two very large topics that relate to what they're doing. So from an investment perspective, there's really two sides to the story. First is, will those impacted industries have access to business interruption insurance, which can be viewed as additional capital and potential support on top of what we have already witnessed in the CARES Act and other government actions? Second is, what is the potential impact to insurance carriers should this occur? And why is this important? Insurance, their spend on IT is roughly $200 billion globally, and nearly half of that is from the U.S. The industry is a focal point for various technology firms to really sell into, as this is where some of the most important digital transformation is taking place within these legacy-type industries. So we've seen companies such as Salesforce with their insurance cloud Microsoft Azure, Guidewire, Duck Creek, all of them really target the insurance industry. And the importance here is that it could have ripple effects on IT spend and overall budgets in 2020, 2021, and beyond, depending on implications. The other side are those businesses who were forced to shut down due to local and federal mandates. And the impact is massive. We've seen that in the unemployment figures that validates some of the concerns there. But many of these companies have business interruption insurance, but many of those documents themselves do not explicitly cover pandemics. So we're starting to see some early indications of potential claims. And should any of those successfully receive compensation, we think that this could be additional support for many of those businesses who actually need it. So with that, what I wanted to do was share our conversation with the firm, and I hope you guys enjoy all right, Frank, thanks for uh, coming on Inside Scoop. How are you doing today? Hey, Sean. Great to be on. So just to set the stage here and why we're happy to have you on is we've been doing a lot of work on really just determining the potential implications to businesses as it relates to COVID-19 because much of the emphasis has really been on the CARES Act and how that can assist payroll and essentially keep businesses in existence for the time being. But we also know that there's many industries that are greatly impacted here. And there's potentially another avenue, which is getting more and more traction, which is business interruption insurance. And that has implications, at least on the investment side, in various ways. And and likely why we think it's important for those that listen to us to understand this situation that's going on. The insurance industry is growing its software and IT spend by... 10% plus a year annually, and they spend roughly $200 billion a year globally in IT. So this is a big part of spend 
on software technologies and the likes. And then there's the other side, which is more economic micro. And it's the fact that this is another potential source of relief for those businesses who could use a payout, just given that their businesses have been interrupted. So we've spoken with business owners of of shopping center reads, hotels, and and other owners, and we think this would just be a great time to take what me and you have spoken offline about and really just bring that here for a conversation. So at first, just tell us a little about yourself, your firm, and some of the basics of what's going on in this industry as a whole. Sure. Yes. I'm Frank Florio. I work at Kozak, Tropen, and Throckmorton in Coral Gables, Florida. We are a commercial litigation firm that specializes in high-end complex commercial litigation and bankruptcy. We do plaintiff's work, some defense work. We are one of the best, if not the best, in my opinion, bankruptcy practices in Florida. We've been around close to 40 years. We are rated band one in litigation and band one in bankruptcy. We have a number of clients that have been affected by what you're talking about. And that's generally how we got involved. Obviously, the pandemic hit. And because of the nature of our practice, a lot of our clients are business owners. And we're struggling, just like many people around the country right now, and just like many businesses are. So we are obviously geared towards helping our clients and uh, seeing what we can do to help in our field. And business interruption insurance started picking up some steam. And we were one of the first firms to get on it very, very early on. We were first firm to file a national class action on behalf of insureds for business interruption insurance. So we were ahead early on and got in very early. And What we're seeing right now is that a lot of business owners' policies contain specific coverage provisions that not all business owners are aware of, right? And what I'll do is I'm going to give you and your listeners a nice broad view of what's going on right now. Obviously, each policy is very different. Each situation is very different. Each business is very different. And if anyone thinks they might have the potential to bring a claim that could help them, well, we obviously would highly advise that you consult an individual attorney for particularized legal advice. But you know, hopefully I can give you and your listeners some information here about what's going on. Definitely. Thanks for the introduction. Now, set the stage for us here from the point of view of the businesses seeking claims, kind of what are they looking for? What is the process looking like at the onset? And then walk us through the angle in which the insurance carriers are taking as well. Yeah. So from the business owner side, there are specific policy provisions that my firm generally looks for in policies, whether or not we think it's a good policy to move forward with and and advise our clients that they may have a potential claim. Generally, they're referred to as business interruption provisions, but a lot of them have different names depending on the policy. You can look for business income loss coverage, income loss, time element coverage, civil authority coverage, extra expense, ingress, egress. There are many applicable coverage provisions. And in most policies that that businesses will have, most insurance policies, they will be what's known as all-risk type policies. They're going to cover for all types of losses unless the policy itself 
specifically excludes a particular loss, right? That's why you see 100, 200, 300, and sometimes even 400 page policies, maybe even more, depending on the size of the business. These things are massive. And you have to go through them in a very particular way because you might be reading on page 10 that you have coverage for X. And then on page 219, an endorsement changes that coverage, right? So sometimes they can be a little bit confusing, but we are really diving into these. And, and what we're seeing is that a lot of them have good coverage provisions for business interruption and what's going on right now. And the next thing that we look for are the specific exclusionary languages in the policy, the specific provisions that would potentially exclude what's happening right now. So a broad overview of what's going on is pandemic hit. It started to spread in our country. Government authorities at state and local levels issued orders, mandates, ordinances, guidance to close businesses or suspend businesses in some form or fashion in order to slow the spread of the pandemic, right? We heard a lot about that. And the resulting orders and ordinances and mandates had a severe effect on businesses and interrupted normal business operations. That is generally covered in a lot of these policies, right? Business interruption. The question then becomes, is the type of loss that occurred, this closure, the pandemic, from the pandemic, is that covered under the policy? And that's where the fight is going to happen. The interesting thing about this is, if anyone tells you, here's how it's going to play out, they're lying to you. No one knows how this is going to play out right now. My firm and a bunch of other firms around the country obviously feel pretty good about it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be taking these cases on. We feel like we have very good arguments for coverage for our clients. We feel like we have very good arguments around some of the exclusionary provisions that insurance carriers are using to fight and deny claims for. And we're going to ultimately see how it plays out in courts because from an insurance side right now, we haven't seen any claims get paid out right away in the claim process. Most of these are all getting denied for a variety of reasons. And we're having to litigate, right? We're having to take the claim into a lawsuit and we're going to have to argue from a legal standpoint, what do these provisions in the policy actually mean? How are they interpreted? What does the language mean? Is it ambiguous at all? Can it be construed in a particular way in favor of our clients? Or will it be construed in favor of the carrier? Because what's occurring right now has never happened before. There are some analogous cases, some analogous instances that you can draw from, but something like this, a worldwide pandemic that closed businesses from government orders like this across the country, it's all brand new. So we're going to be, and my firm is at the front line right now in the country fighting these. And what we're going to see is as some of these cases start to get rulings on different provisions, I think you'll then see some reaction from insurance carriers. I think right now they're trying to play the long game a little wait-and-see approach to see how these first few cases break out, what's going to happen, what type of rulings are going to come out. If they start coming out against the insurance companies, 
maybe you might see some coverage happening earlier on in the claims process. If they start coming out in favor of the insurance companies, I mean, you'll keep seeing denials. So that's generally what we're seeing right now. The specifics of the, of the provisions that we're looking at and the exclusions that we're looking at, you know, I can get into if you think it'd be beneficial for your listeners. But that's a very broad 30,000 foot view of what we're seeing and where my firm is at in the process. Yeah, me and you spoke in more detail, but keeping this, I guess, more high level, talk to me about the timeline here. So there's many companies we track that are they're talking about potential business interruption insurance, but many companies, time is just not on their side. So as investors, what we're trying to do is gauge the probabilities of outcomes here. So give us your view in terms of timing. And again, I know it's not a formal prediction, but just want to hear your thoughts around that. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's something that I have to answer daily when I'm talking to my clients. People are struggling, like I said at the beginning. And we're on the side of trying to help the people that are struggling. So part of being a lawyer is not just arguing the law, right? There is a client personal relationship that develops and our clients are frustrated and they're hurting. And they tell us all the time, hey, how fast can this happen? You know, do we think we're going to get a payout soon? And like you said, we don't know. We can't guarantee. What we do know is that nothing's going to happen quick because the carriers generally, from what we've seen, have been denying these claims. A business owner will bring an insurance claim for the loss, even if we feel it's a great claim. You know, and we do feel like a lot of these are very good claims and should and eventually will get paid out and we're going to fight for it. The carriers are going to deny it because they're taking that wait and see approach that I mentioned earlier. They want to see how this shakes out in litigation. They want to see what courts start ruling, how courts are going to interpret some of these exclusionary provisions and uh, some of the coverage provisions. I'll give you a quick example. A lot of these policies, they have a virus exclusion in them. It'll be framed in different ways. It'll be written in different ways from policy to policy. But you see that, right? And your initial reaction is, well, I must not have coverage because this is a virus. The pandemic is a virus and it's excluded from my policy. Well, not so fast. These are written in specific ways that there are very, very good arguments to why this exclusion doesn't apply to what's going on right now. So that's one of the fights that I think insurance carriers want to see play out before they start issuing any coverages. They want to see what courts say about this. They want to see how attorneys like myself are going to argue this. And at the end of the day, if it goes, against the insurance carriers, then you'll start seeing faster payouts, I would assume. I couldn't guarantee that or predict that. But right now, it's going to be a wait and see. We have cases, at least from my firm and other cases that we're tracking, that are decently far along in the litigation process. There are cases around the world right now that are coming to conclusions in the business interruption realm. That doesn't really impact, per se, your business owners in the United States, but it's good to keep an eye on what's happening around the world. Yeah, so, I was going to bring that I, up because yeah, we, uh, uh, we spoke offline about it with, with AXA in France potentially winning some sort of action there and, and whether that's a precedent for other parts of the globe, just given that some of these carriers are global carriers, 
and that push and pull of, of just geographic lines, I guess, does that have any real impact on, on the potential outcome, do you think? Or is it more of a locale by locale in terms of any actions taken? Yeah, it definitely has an impact. It's nothing binding in the United States, but it's definitely going to be influential in our arguments and how other attorneys in the United States are going to argue. Just to see one chip fall in the insured's favor is very good for these cases. Very good. Even if it's happening in another country. So it's definitely going to impact it. It's nothing conclusive for our purposes here, but it will definitely be influential to some degree. And then in the same manner in the United States, when one of these cases resolves favorably for the insured, you'll start seeing a trickle effect. Attorneys will use the same arguments, they'll use the same precedent, and they'll start fighting the same way if a favorable ruling comes down in the United States. And some of them are close to some decisions right now. And we're going to see, I think, within the next month or two, some decision in the United States coming down, and that's going to have a big impact. So as far as a timeline is concerned, back to that original question, I would say at some point over the summer, we're going to have a lot more clarification. All right. That's super helpful. And keep us updated on the progression there for some of those cases. Again, we'll continue to talk offline, but I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Just to briefly summarize, there's clearly a big opportunity here for businesses to at least review their policies and potentially receive claims. And and once we get more details on what those claims look like, we can adjust our views at Avery on whether tech budgets could come down due to the abundance of caution from management. So so we have some some research that we'll probably put out on that. The reality is it could impact companies such as like Guidewire, Duck Creek, SAP, Salesforce with their new insurance cloud offerings and many others. And we don't know the timing yet, as, as we just suggested, but should early proceedings prove to be uh, more favorable for the businesses, this could have a quick and a ripple effect on different carriers and the likes. Again, to emphasize, not investment advice, not legal advice, But to wrap it up, if you want to learn more about what Frank and his firm are doing or how we're looking at this from the investment point of view, just shoot us an email at info at averyco.com, info at averyco.com. And if Frank, if you you have any final thoughts and if you want to provide your info, just go ahead. Yeah, of course. Look, we're, like I said at the very beginning, my firm is in the business of serving people, right? That's what we view a lawyer's job to be. And we are taking calls and reviewing policies if anyone wants our help looking at it and advice. We're looking at policies for free right now. Well, you can call us. You can email me. My email address is my first initial F, my last name Florio, F-L-O-R-I-O at kttlaw.com. We're happy to help in any way that we can. Look, again, there's a lot of people struggling right now. This is going to last a long time. You know, As we start emerging out of the lockdowns, there are still going to be long-lasting effects from the lockdowns on businesses, on business owners, and on individuals. And that's just the way it's going to be. Firms like mine, Kozak, Tropin, and Throckmorton, we're just trying to do our part to help. Perfect. Thanks for the insights. This really shapes our views on the tech landscape and and the potential ripple effects to the ecosystems there, and then also the potential support for 
businesses. Uh, I really don't think enough investors are paying close enough attention to this. But again, thanks for coming on and, and appreciate it. You got it, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. All right, that's a wrap. Uh, good conversation with Frank. Again, wanted to thank him for, for being on. I wanted to make sure that uh, it was clear that uh, the information provided by them was not uh, intended to or constitute as any sort of legal advice. Uh, so I wanted to be clear there. Also, make sure to subscribe to our channel, uh, both on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow me on Twitter at underscore Sean David. Uh, and we have more uh, different shows and episodes coming up in the future. They're going to be super interesting, touching things like communications, platforms, uh, and many other interesting topics. So make sure to subscribe. And that's it. That's a wrap.